This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Yesterday was International Human Rights Day, and we now turn our attention to an organization that is working to free women who are treated and trafficked as slaves. I am, of course, referring to Yazidi women captured by ISIS. Many of our listeners will know the Reverend Majid al-Shafi of One Free World International. His human rights journey started in his native Egypt, a country he was forced to flee after being severely tortured for his conversion to Christianity. Uh, He joins me now. Hello, Majid. Hi, Libby. How are you? Thank you for having me. Okay. Um, So um, why don't you update us? You have been uh, working to free uh, Yazidi women who are enslaved, who are sold as sex slaves uh, by ISIS. ISIS is in retreat now. Uh, How many have you managed to rescue? And and, um, I'm sure there's a lot of work with them afterwards. Well, the, the, the reality that three years ago when ISIS uh, took over uh, 40% of Iraq, they was able to take over an area by the name Singar Mountain where they took more than 7,000 Yazidi girls and captured them as a sex slaves. Right now, as we are talking, we have more than uh, seven, uh, more than 3,000, more than 3,000 of them uh, 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 was captured now than 3,000 still remain in captivity. And our organization had to do something to save these girls. I witnessed and I saw victims where they are nine years old. They used to rape her up to 20 times a day. This is, was a disaster, something that nobody ever saw. In the time that we are dealing now in Canada and in the United States and in the free world about sexual harassment, and uh, there is many movement uh, to eliminate the sexual harassment for women, uh, we have to look as well outside our borders. This movement is great movement, but we have to look as well that rape and sex slavery been used for years and years, centuries, as a weapon in the time of war. And we witnessed this happening to Yazidi girls just recently. Okay, uh, so... How many have you managed to rescue? How many have you managed to uh, bring to Canada? In total, the rescue, our rescue mission in total was able to rescue more than 600 of them. And we advocated on their behalf with the Canadian government. And uh, we were able to allow the Canadian government to bring uh, more uh, than 1,200 victims of ISIS. Uh, we couldn't do this work alone. Uh, if there is anything, uh, it's not the Canadian government, really, because the Canadian government for years and years was against bringing these girls here, and I don't, I, I, I cannot put my fingers on why. But it was the, it, it was the part, our partners, that made the big difference. It was the free media that put pressure on the government. Libby, uh, I know you, and I know your brother Mosnaimer for years and years, and I can tell you by fact 
So through the the relationship that I have with with the, the, with the TV channel, with the share, with the, with the company, Moses himself was able to partner with One Free Word International to free more than 33 gears out of them, out of this number. And without partners like him, a man that advocate on behalf of women rights, uh, environment, safe environment, uh, uh, that women lead in many conferences, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now. But the truth and the reality is that without Moses and, and yourself and your company, this is wouldn't be taking place. Well, that that's very um, nice of you to say. Uh, it's uh, important work. Um, what work do you have left to be done? I mean, and I also ma- imagine it's is expensive work. It is. <clears throat> we have more than three thousand still remain. Uh, uh, I am very fascinated with uh, with um, with how the Canadians coming together and how uh, this movement that we see today against sexual harassment is, is going as well outside the borders of Canada. And quite honestly, I'm not surprised when I see many Canadians, especially from the Jewish community, uh, that helping and trying to do something about this uh, uh, sex slavery that's taking place uh, back again to yourself and to Moses, both of you, and maybe this is something I don't hear both of you talking about it very much, but both of you is a victims of the Holocaust. You are a pair, you are a children of a victims of Holocaust, and for that you can sense the suffering, the pain of the people, and do something about it. And by all means, uh, I have beside me right now uh, uh, one of these victims by the name Adiba, and she would like to say hi to you and your viewers. But Adiba sitting down beside me right now. And Adiba wouldn't be here without the help that she received from Moses and your company personally in order to free her. Okay. How, uh, how are you doing, yeah. Adiba? Well, he is there, Adiba. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you doing? I'm good. I will be translating, Libby, because English is not her first language. But please carry on. Ask her. Um, yeah, I'd like to know um, how she's adjusting, if, if she's receiving counseling or if she needs... I mean, I would imagine it's a very traumatic experience. Uh, so how, how is she getting into um, a normal Canadian life? I want to say that هل عارفة تعيشي في كندا مبسوطة؟ هل بتغدي أي طب نفسي؟ أي مساعدة؟ نحن مرتاحين ونحن ما شفت من الحكومة دكتورة نفسية كل مساعدات من ما عجد وحتى الطبيب نفسيا ما عجد جابدنا She's saying we didn't see any psychologist help uh, uh, from or mental health issue help from the government but uh, through our organization we were able to provide her with volunteer doctors and psychologists in order to, to, for her to start the road for healing. Uh-huh. Oh, I, that's very important. Um, yeah. It's, uh, how, how long has she been in the country for? Uh, nine months. She's been here for the last nine months. Uh-huh. Um, Majid, uh, what is the situation now? ISIS is in retreat. 
Um, so what is happening to the, are they retreating with women who are still in captivity or are women escaping? What's happening now? Of course, of course, they are, they are taking them because this is a big important part of their finance and their support. So they are still selling them and buying them and using them sexually. So yes, even uh, like ISIS was defeated in Iraq and up to Raqqa in Syria, but beyond Raqqa, ISIS is still alive and well. Uh, and yes, there is steps forward, but still the same thing. ISIS is just the name of, of organization, but the ideology is still alive. And the 3,000 girls is still missing, and we have to find a way. And the only way is not the Canadian government, it's not the UN. The only way is people like uh, like our partners, like uh, your company, like Moses, like the people that stand beside us. Uh, in an order to free them. That's the only way, really, to make a big difference and to get these gears out. Um, do any of them or any of them, have any of them come back with children? Uh, not to Canada, but yes. In Iraq, they came with the children of the of ISIS rapists. Uh, and they decided to keep the children because children is not, uh, this is not their sin. We shouldn't judge their children for the sins of their father. But yes, many of them came with children. And and what happens to those women? I imagine that's doubly difficult. Uh, the society rejected them as well. Like you have also to recall there is a stigma around them. So that's why immigrating them to Canada or the United States or receiving them here is very important because we cannot leave them in Iraq because the stigma and the society be rejected them, and they also suffer from the owner killing as well, even though they are victims. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, I mean, I was going to ask, it's a very conservative culture, and I would imagine even in their communities here, it's a very conservative culture. Uh, how are they accepted here? They are very well accepted. Like, you have the odd cases where they've been rejected, but in general, the, the, their society accepted them. But it's not only about the Yazidi society surrounding them. Remember, I'm talking about all Iraq, and they are minority in Iraq. Yeah. So even in, in Iraq, outside even their own community, the Yazidis, uh, they've been rejected uh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying that, that here things are a bit better? I think that there is uh, steps of, of healing, and I think... Uh, Adiba would like to express more uh, here, here. like Adiba many times uh, even thought about committing suicide herself. Uh, Adiba is uh, a member of nine people in the family. Uh, all, her, all her male, uh, her brother is still in the hand of Isis, assumed that uh, she witnessed, uh, you know, she went through uh, rape multiple times, was sold many times. And she is one of the heroes, I believe so. And I can see her progressing and receiving the healing. And in the last Idea City, she came and she spoke in, in Moses' conference in Idea City. And it was amazing. It was really healing moment for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, are you um, planning to bring any more of these young women to Canada? Do you have uh, uh, the means to do it? Definitely, we need way more support, and, and, and always the finances is, is, is a struggle, especially now that their prices is increased. So in the old days, it was 2000 to 4000 but now even went up to 15000 
sadly, but it's like a meat market. But is uh, their market depends on supply and demand. And now ISIS, because there is limited of them, they increase their prices. And the Canadian government from the other side doesn't want to open more the doors. So we've been in touch with different media outlets in order to continue the pressure on the Canadian government to receive more of this Yazidi gears to bring them here to Canada in an order to start a new life. Um, so uh, are there any who are slated to come to Canada or you are all the ones you have permission for here already? No, the, 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 the government promised 1,200. Uh, I, I think that they still have uh, 500 to be delivered. Uh, I think their deadline was supposed to be in the end of 2017. I think they will take until January or February 2018. But the problem that the government is extremely stubborn about bringing more of them to Canada. And I have no idea why. I really don't know why. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't even make sense. Well, exactly. I was going to ask. Uh, surely you have an idea why. Uh, no? I, I, I think it's politically correctness crap. Excuse my language. So I think they have no problem to bring 40,000, you know, refugees from Syria. Uh, but they have a problem to bring extra thousand or two from the Yazidis that face uh, a, a, a genocide and, and sex assault and, and sex slavery. Uh, actually, I would like to uh, have a message to the Canadian government. Can I just tell her to uh, tell her message through you? Or okay, what you want to sure. Yeah. Okay, would you like to translate, please? Yes. Uh, so she is very thankful to what the Canadian government did so far. But she said that we need more. We need to bring more of the girls. They receive no help and no support, even in the refugee camps. We need to rescue them, that the ones still in the hand of ISIS. And we are very thankful to people like Moz Neimer for freeing us and helping us to be free. Uh, but we, And we thank One Free World International for their work with us. But uh, she's asking for us to continue the help and the support to get this, the rest of the girls out. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Alex in Toronto. Hello, Alex. Hi, Libby. Uh, just a quick question. Um, is, is there any chance, is there any possibility of the fact we're not taking Yazidis because they're not members of the Muslim faith? <laughs> Is that maybe part of the problem? From what I've understand, and I don't know if it's true or not, is the people in the refugee camps over there who assign people to go to come to Canada and things like that um, are Muslims themselves. And as a consequence, there's a bit of, uh, I don't know, uh, shenanigans, as it were, uh, for getting non-Muslims out of the country and over to safe third countries like us. Um, I'll let, uh, I, thanks, Alex. I'll, I'll let Majid respond. That's what I meant by politically correctness uh, earlier in the conversation. So when we are talking about 40,000 refugees that they came here to Canada, all of them from Syria, the majority, if not all, was from the Muslim faith. Now, I don't mind that we bring refugees just from the Muslim faith, but not all of them. 
uh, 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 it has to be balanced. It has to be the minority, the vulnerable minorities. And our focus should be in the vulnerable minorities that have no, Shia, uh, have no militias to protect them. The Sunnis in the region have protection. They have militias protecting them. The Shias in the region have militias protecting them. The Christians, the Yazidis, the Baha'is, the Mandeans and Sabians have no protection. And these are the people that we're supposed to help and to be to have them as more priority. Well, I, I just to interject, uh, that was the policy of the previous Harper government, and maybe uh, this government wants to do something different because they're not the Harper government. Well, uh, with my own respect, they can think about whatever different or not what different. For me to see, I think that they did it more for vote. So in an order to ensure that four years from now they will have more vote, maybe that's part of it, maybe that's all of it. All what I'm saying that right now we have people that they need desperate help and they are not getting the attention that they need. The Canadian government even is struggling in the parliament to recognize it as a genocide. In the time that the American Congress, the, U, the House of Commons in, in England, and even the EU, the European Parliament, recognized it as a genocide, Canada refused until the UN really forced them to recognize it. So that tells me that there's something extremely wrong within the Canadian government, and it's a failure of a leadership. Okay, uh, we are going to have to uh, leave it there. We're out of time. Uh, thanks to Reverend Majid El Shafi and Adiba. Thank you very much to you, and best of luck to you for uh, the rest of your life here in Canada. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.